Welcome to Make Good, a podcast about yarn and knitting brought to you by Scratch Supply Co. in Lebanon, New Hampshire. I'm Karen. And I'm Jessica. It's our first ever holiday episode. We are super excited about this. If you've been listening for a couple weeks, you've been hearing us solicit stories. And so we are here today to share stories about the sweater curse and gifts gone wrong. So first, I just want to acknowledge this was inspired by an email from Emma who emailed us way back in November asking if we had real-life examples of the sweater curse. And, oh boy, Emma, as it turns out, yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start us off with a story that was emailed to us by Delena, who's local. Hi, Delena, we miss you. Hey, Delena. (laughs) I had planned a camper van trip around Iceland with my husband, sister-in-law, Erin, and her husband. Erin is a fiber artist by profession. Prior to the trip, she and I had agreed that she would make a hand-woven scarf for everyone, and I would knit everyone a hat. Then we'd have these fun Iceland accessories. Being a procrastinator, I saved all of the finishing touches for our red-eye flight. Now, wanting to show off for my fiber artist sister-in-law, I decided these must be blocked. I had never blocked anything before and didn't foresee the problems with my plan. So at 10 p.m. after a full day of sleeping, I blocked the hats using up every towel in our Airbnb in an attempt to dry them, because who wants to be dry after their shower anyway? The four of us moved into a single camper van the next morning and spent the next few days driving around with the smell of wet wool in the van and delicately moving the very wet hats around our overstuffed camper van while the hats attempted to dry in the cold, rainy climate that is Iceland in September. Luckily, by the last (laughs) few days of the trip, the hats were dry and beautifully blocked. Totally worth it for the Icelandic knit photo shoot. And actually, Delena submitted a picture to us, so we're going to be posting that also. Awesome. That is such a nightmare story, Delena. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I remember when she was knitting that hat, though, before they left for the trip, it was, she was very excited about these hand-knit Iceland accessories. Well, and she should have been. They were gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And also, there is sort of nothing... Like, I just feel that in my soul, this thing of being trapped in a small space with something... And it's like, it's not just family, it's like in-law family. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) But that one actually, I have to say, like that story had a happy ending. That's wonderful. (laughs) Yes, it was sweet. It was not terribly gone wrong. Right. It was just a little awkward along the way. Like so much of knitting. (laughs) Right. And also I feel like so much of going to Iceland. So if, if you've ever flown to Iceland from North America, it's almost definitely a red-eye flight. And so it just like, it starts off on kind of a rough note. I remember um, I went to Iceland with a friend of mine a couple years ago, and we had like, I had, I cannot blame this on both of us. I had somehow booked us into like a hotel room that didn't have enough beds or something. And the people at the hotel were kind of mad at us about it because I was trying to move the room or something like that. And we were so tired. And I remember like, it was icy and I slipped on this part of the sidewalk, like holding my suitcase down a hill. Oh no. And my friend came over and was like, are you okay? And I was like, I just need no one to talk to me for like 10 minutes. (sighs) And it was such, I like, you know, it was just one of those, like, anyway, that is such a, like, in some ways, Delena, best case scenario is that it all did eventually dry and it was fine. (laughs) Indeed. Oh, I have an email here from Sarah, and Sarah actually sent us a couple of different stories, so I'm going to share them all. 
two of them are nits gone wrong. And one of them is in response to our recent conversation about yarn shop culture, I guess, and how not all shops are super nice. So here we go. <laughs> Listening to this newest episode, an episode of my life came to mind. I started knitting my Christmas presents back in February. Whoa. At- yeah, no kidding. <laughs> she says, avid knitter and eager giver much? My first Christmas project was a lacy cardigan for my mother. I had never done a pattern with lace or a cardigan, but I loved to learn and was confident I could do it. I had done two sweaters previously, after all. I went to my local yarn store and asked one of the store staff to help me pick my yarn since I didn't quite know what I was doing. She said that I needed to look at a different project if I had never done lace before. That was okay by me. Maybe I misunderstood how hard that lace was, but it looked like a simple repeat that I could manage. Anyway, she pulls out a bunch of other patterns that my mother would never wear. I explained to her her style, classic, elegant, and that this is for a cold spring or summer day. She shows me a few more cardigans made with heavyweight yarns and such. My mother-in-law, who went there with me, tries to help her understand what we're looking for. The word elegant was repeated once more. We can't find anything and give up. By then, the store owner was available to help, and she pulls out a cardigan that they had had someone test knit for them that was beautiful. The pattern was Auden by Jennifer Wood, Sarah tells us. I looked that up before we started recording. It is a really beautiful sweater. Nice. It has just a bit of lace and is a great basic that anyone can wear over any blouse. I put it on and decided that I will be knitting it and made a comment about how my mother will look so elegant in it. Then, the first person that tried to help us started making fun of us, repeating elegant, elegant, and laughing, turning around to the other people that were there for a sit and knit and repeating so elegant, elegant, and laughing again. It was hurtful. My husband was so upset when I told him that he wanted to take my yarn back to the store and tell them to shove it or something similar. That never happened. I didn't go back for months, though, and now she no longer works there, and everyone else that there is very kind to me, which is very nice. Okay. Oh, Sarah. So let's just unpack that story for a second. Sarah, you went to a store, and so I would say from the, like, shop's perspective, right? There is a big difference between somebody coming in and they're like, I really, you know, I want to learn to knit and I have selected this project as my first project. And you may be saying like, this is your first project. You don't have the skill to evaluate the difficult first step that you have set up for yourself. You need more foundation skills before you get into technically complicated things. But if you had knit sweaters before and you knew what you were getting into, what in the world was wrong with them trying to talk you out of that? First, second, the reason you were repeating that word is that they weren't hearing you. Yes. Like you were giving them an adjective to describe the thing that you wanted. They were not receiving that word. And then they were mocking you for repeating yourself when the only reason you were repeating yourself was that they weren't doing their job, which was listening to you. That's infuriating. Yeah, that's pretty garbagey. And I'm glad you've had better experiences since then. Yes. Because... You know, your local yarn shop should feel like home. It should be good for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is that is some intense garbage, Sarah. I'm very sorry. <laughs> <sighs> well, Sarah has two other stories, too. 
These are about knits gone wrong. So Sarah, we're here for you. We're ready for your your (laughs) gift knits. During the summer, I was participating in a knit along. I was doing a bottom-up top that matches shorts from the same designer, Jesse Maid. Yay! <laughs> oh, you did ripple butt shorts. I love it. <laughs> if you are listening to this and you have never seen any of Jesse May's patterns, they are fantastic. First of all, they're adorable. They're like body positive. She does butt shorts. She does bralettes and crop tops, and they're fantastic. Anyway, okay. They look great on everyone. So anyways, Sarah says, I finally get to the end. And when I try it on, it wouldn't go past my shoulders because my cast on was too tight. Oh, no. (laughs) Now it is a cute dress for a future toddler. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. When your cast on is too tight, that's a that's a struggle moment. It's less easy to remedy that situation. Not impossible, but, you know, but at that point, you're starting over. Like if you're ripping it back to the cast on. Or or you're doing some crazy deconstruction from the opposite end, but you have to be you have to be in the right place to feel like that's <laughs> something you want to do. You have to really not want to renit the project, but also really want the project. Yeah. That's a that's a level of commitment. Okay. For my husband's birthday, I knit him a pair of socks, his first handmade knitwear. He said that he didn't want to try them on because they were going to be his lucky socks. This day, he has a competition and he wants to wear them. They don't fit. Oh, no. (laughs) He decided to wear them all day anyway for luck. He won his competition, but I will have to fix them once I'm done with all the Christmas presents. There's only one left now. (laughs) Wait, I want to know what kind of competition. I don't know. What does he do, Sarah? Also, did they need to be longer? Were they too tight? How did these not work? (laughs) I would like to think, okay, I would like, I'm going to just spin this out in my head. I'd like to think that whatever the competition was, it wasn't something like a chess tournament. Oh, I like to think it's like Highland Games or something. Highland (laughs) Games or like Badminton or something, right? And they were way too big. So just, they were just like flopping around everywhere the whole time. This is my mental image. That's funny because I thought the exact opposite. I thought that they were definitely too small and they were like slipping down in his shoes the whole time. That's the worst. I think that's my nightmare sock scenario. They're the socks I knit for Violet out of like, I had a skein of self-striping yarn and I knit myself rainbow socks. And then I had just a little bit left over and Violet used to be a smaller person. And so I knit, you know, kid size socks and they were little like ankle cuff socks because it was just what was left with the self-striping yarn. And that kid has continued to wear them well past the point of actual foot growth. And they basically go to their heel now. Almost. Like, yeah, maybe almost <laughs> to their and And continues to wear them. It is baffling. See? Gift gone wrong. <laughs> That's right. There we go. There's a bonus gift gone wrong story. <laughs> Violet does not think that gift has gone wrong. It just hurts my soul every time I see it. Yeah. There's a lot of just toe coverage and questionable foot coverage. I have an email from Amy Kay. I have done my fair share of sizing mishaps, mostly with hats for some reason. Two too small and one way too large. Oh, I feel you, Amy. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the one that stands out is one I never actually sent. It was a stuffy intended to be a baby shower gift for my cousin. Didn't finish it in time for the first shower about six months after I started working on it, but had it finished before their second and third children and then never sent it. Baby number oh. one is now in kindergarten. 
to my cousin. I am very sorry. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, you know how's, what? How's that sweater, Jessica? Oh, that's that's relatable. <laughs> I am I am here with you in spirit. So I definitely did something similar to that years ago at this point. Eight years ago, maybe eight years ago, I told my mother I would knit her a sweater. <laughs> and I started. My mom's like not a huge wool person. So I tried to choose yarn to accommodate her request for a not woolly sweater and chose something that I really hated working with, but I still thought I could make this work. Um, <laughs> and I knit the sweater in slow motion and took forever and like grudgingly got through a sleeve and it went through like various sessions of being put in timeout. And I think we moved and that was five years ago almost. Mm -hmm. And it moved with us. And then at some point I had to come to terms with the fact that I hated the sweater. And I mean, I had given it to my mother in a bag unfinished and it's like I'll finish it for you and then you can have this sweater that I knit for you and then I didn't and I threw it away I didn't even frog it I looked at it one day and I was so mad at this sweater for just for no reason like I had big feelings at this cardigan and I was so annoyed with it. I threw it away with my needles and my stitch oh my markers God. in it. I didn't even <laughs> I didn't reclaim my tools. <laughs> I was like, a pox upon you. I hate you, sweater. <laughs> and I just put it in the trash. And it's somewhere decomposing in a landfill, I guess, because I didn't compost it. I don't know. It's sad. It's gone. It's going to decompose before my red heart. From high school? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this was this was a, a cotton blend, but it was natural fibers, so it's going to go. It's just going to take a while. So anyways, I feel your pain, Amy, about unfinished projects and then projects that don't get delivered. That sweater was a lot of emotional baggage for me. Do you remember the first hat? So there was that year I was traveling for like a massage class and I would go away for the weekend every other weekend. Mm-hmm. And I would knit while I was there because, you know, the thing you want to do after you've spent all day making your hands tired, learning how to give massages is then knit. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, but at that point, like I was driving, so I would like drive, if I went a little out of my way, I would drive by webs. And this was before we owned the store. So, you know, I would stop and I'd buy yarn and I would knit. And I had decided I was going to knit hats for both Violet and Scarlet. And so I was away and I texted you and I was like, how big are these kids' heads? And you were like, large pumpkin sized. <laughs> and I big said, heads. clearly Jessica does not know the size of her own children's heads. I am going to knit kid sized hats. Mm -mm. And it worked for Violet, I think. I don't remember quite the horror story. Scarlet is still into pink, but used to be really into pink. And so I had knit her this like pink and then different pink striped hat. And it was she very cute. put it on her head and her little enormous pumpkin head bust <laughs> right out of the top of the hat. Like it just destroyed my bind off. It opened up so that the top was like one of those funny ponytail hats. Yes. Like it just <laughs> like it blossomed. <laughs> I had to rip it back to before the decreases and just add 800 more rows. And then, <laughs> and then it fit. I think it's still in, it might still be in the house actually. I think so. 
It's, I think it's too small again, though. I mean, yeah, in fairness, because that was five or six years ago at this point. (laughs) So some of you also sent us stories about gifts gone wrong or sweater curses that you found on Reddit, which, fair game, it's public domain. We're going to tell those stories, too. (laughs) So the story of the curse... I must have had this feeling like things weren't going to work out between me and the boy because I thought to myself, maybe if you make the sweater for his sister, the curse won't strike. Obviously, this didn't work out so well. It took a while for me to get the sweater to her, but I am a knitter of my word, so I finally made the semi-awkward handover two months after both it and the relationship were done. If Only I would have kept that beautiful piece of knitting for myself. (laughs) (laughs) So often so true. Yeah. Sometimes it just doesn't go good. Yeah. Yeah, I have another story from Reddit that someone sent us. It was a blanket. I told him, I hate knitting blankets. He said, I want a blanket. I sighed and said, it'll be a lap blanket. He said, I want a king-sized blanket. I sighed and said, buy the yarn and I'll teach you to knit so you can help me. He spent over $100 on yarn. I did the math and told him he needed about twice as much yarn. When we broke up, he tried to give me the bag of yarn, but I told him to give it to his new girlfriend instead. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then this, this last one from Reddit, which I think really sums up the moral of this story. New boyfriend wanted me to knit him a hat. I told him it might be too early in the relationship for that, then proceeded to explain the sweater curse to him. He said, So it's not really the sweater curse so much as it's the sweater test. Looking at it this way puts the power back in the hands of the knitter. If that person leaves you before you finish the knitted object intended for them, then they were unworthy of your fibery love. Aw. That's right, though. It's true. That's super true. All right. So I have an email in front of me from Carol. What could be a greater expression of love than a lopy sweater knit by grandma? One made of yarn said grandma died in her kitchen with natural dyes, then sent flying off from Maine to Maryland. Well, okay, and the well is Carol sent us a picture. Oh my god, this picture. Yes, so this is when I tell you that we now have an Instagram account because y'all are sending pictures and we need a way to show you. And we're definitely not starting a YouTube channel. So Instagram (laughs) it is. So if you want to see these sweaters, sweaters, because they're two amazing, beautiful, lovingly hand-knit, hand-dyed, lopy sweaters on some amazing grandchildren, Oh, please just go check it out. Our... This picture is a big mood. This is like a oh, sweater big mood. It's hilarious. It's excellent. <laughs> you have to see it. Our Instagram account is Make Good Pod. And that's where we will share photos that you send us and let you know about new episodes. And if we decide to do crazy things like knit alongs or events or giveaways or something, all of the visuals for that will be located on our Instagram account. So go find it and follow us. Can I tell you about my Sandoval? Please do. I knit a Sandoval. The sweater was 
pretty popular mm, about a year ago, maybe. Yeah. And I bought yarn for it at um, Vogue. Vogue. I stood in line. I stood in a really wild line to get yarn for this thing. You stood in a scary line to get yarn. Yeah. People were were intense. People were intense. And I also have that like pandemic, like just the thought of standing in a line full of people makes me feel a little anxious right now. And I was really excited about this sweater. I had been planning it for a long time. I had planned like where I was going to go to get yarn to knit this thing. And then I tried to be too clever for my own good. So this sweater is by This Bird Knits, and it has, I'm not entirely sure how to describe the structure of this thing. The top is kind of like a swancho or something. Yeah, it's got a very deep yoke. There we go. That's the way to describe it. So as you're knitting it, you know, you're just kind of knitting and knitting and knitting. And then when you get to about where the elbows are on your actual body, that's where you start the sleeves. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. when I started knitting this pattern. So she has you knit it with something like, I don't know, like 14 inches, 18 inches of positive ease, 1 million inches of positive ease. And I was like, I don't want to knit this with a million inches of positive ease. I am going to knit this in a way that's actually going to fit me, which sure. Sure. And there was a size that was pretty close. That was like two inches of positive ease that felt like that's much more, you know, my speed. And so I'm knitting along and I'm knitting along. And then I realize the mistake that I've made, which oh. is this yoke <laughs> construction. <laughs> so the reason you need 18 inches of positive ease is that otherwise your upper arm is attached to your rib cage. It gave you little T-Rex arms. It gave me little T-Rex arms. And if I tried to do anything where my elbows weren't jammed into my rib cage, it became a surprise belly shirt. And so now it's on a mannequin. <laughs> it's beautiful. I love that sweater. I'm going to re-knit it sometime in my actual size. Yeah, it's just a sweater for a different person. Right. Like the headless mannequin in the shop. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who is 18 inches smaller than the size that I knit. And doesn't move much. And doesn't, <laughs> and doesn't move. <laughs> that was a mistake. That was a gift I did for myself. Because at that point, I think I had not really knit for myself in a while. Like I had been stuck... Not really stuck, but I had been knitting a lot of shop samples. I think I had knit a couple of very large shop samples. And so well, been... and it was right after the holidays and like holiday knitting. Oh, and, yeah. you know, Vogue was in January. So Karen was like, I'm going to make myself a new sweater. And, and I failed. You made a mannequin a sweater. <laughs> right. That's right. She's definitely knit worth <laughs> <laughs> She never complains. Uh, that's good. <sighs> and way less terrifying than if she right that's right (laughs) hey jessica what's on your needles Um, sweaters i'm just not using those needles right now (laughs) one of these days on our brand new uh podcast instagram account there are going to be pictures of jessica wearing these sweaters oh yes i will show you i will show you my in-progress sweaters and maybe that will Make me feel some accountability to finish them because right now it's feeling very easy to walk past my project bag that has two almost complete sweaters languishing <laughs> in there. <laughs> so now I am I'm looking through stash at home and exploring sock options because socks feel better to me right now <laughs> than these sweaters. Karen, what's on your needles? So I cast on my Forager by Isabel Kramer. 
I love this sweater. It's kind of flying. It's gone pretty fast. Um, I'm mad about how fast it's going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it has a little like, I thought they were cables, but they're actually faux cables, which is amazing because the one thing I am really terrible at is keeping track of a cable needle while I'm knitting. Mm. So it's nice that I don't need one. And I love the Elder. I really love that yarn. I told you it's amazing. Yeah, it's really great. I actually need to wind some more yarn for it today. I am also eyeing a sock pattern. I am just, I'm getting, like, I have the sock bug. Yeah. It's time. Let's see what else. Those are the two things. Since since holiday knitting has been sent out, it's this sweater I cast on for myself, which is quite exciting, and then my theoretical socks, which I would love to pick a pattern for and... Did you just order yarn though? I did. So how funny is that? <laughs> so we don't, right? <laughs> we were just talking about this. So we don't currently have any self-striping yarn in the store. We would like to, mm-hmm. but since we prioritize working with indie dyers and it's really labor intensive to do self-striping yarn, we've had kind of a hard time finding an indie dyer who wholesales their self-striping yarn mm-hmm. and who has availability in their schedule. There are some that do, but they're just full up on stockists and whatever. But there's somebody local and it kind of just dawned on us. Like we knew she did self-striping and we knew she was interested in doing wholesale because she had talked to us about it before. And my brain just put the Venn diagram together. So I just (laughs) ordered some yarn from her, which feels really wild because normally when we order yarn, we order like 800 skeins of yarn. And I was like, I would like just one, please. (laughs) Very weird. Kind of exciting. Yeah. So that's actually, I think, going to show up today and... I am going to then obsessively look at sock patterns because it's going to be calling me. Mm-hmm. It's sock season. It is. It is sock season because Forget our feet are so cold. Yeah. Seriously. These duck feet are not keeping my feet warm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, not at all. No. All right. Well, I think, I think that's it. Thank you so much for sending us your sweater curse and gift gone wrong stories. These were really amazing to read. Definitely check out the Instagram because we're going to put the pictures that you sent. And if you still have pictures, send them. sending them to us. We can post them. Anytime. Yeah. The magic of Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Have a really fantastic Christmas if you celebrate. We will be back next week. um, To button up the year. Holy smokes. Yeah, we're doing an, uh, an episode about stash busting stash down yep it's our first annual stash down so we'll hope to see you then get ready to be introspective about your fibery life (laughs) that's right all right we'll see you next week make sure that you subscribe on whatever podcast platform you like to listen on rate us review us and let your friends know that you like make good maybe they will too (laughs) bye-bye bye